What's happening, people? Welcome back to the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney alongside my fellow co-hosts and golf sickos, Jay Woodson, McLean Boyd. What's happening, boys? Um, good man, sicko, huh? That's golf, what that's golf what, sickos. That's what we, yeah, sure. There we yeah. go. I like All it. Right. Uh, I'm cool with that. How's the weather up there, boys? <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm getting, ready to, I'm getting ready to ban weather talk on this podcast. At least, at least from the months of like November through till April, you can't talk weather. So you guys, you guys didn't go out on the boat this morning. Head out to the beach for a little bit. Sandbar. Uh, no, no. I gave a lesson yesterday in in the snow oh, for the first time oh. in my my career. I've played in the snow in the in the freezing rain, but I've never given a lesson. And I asked the asked the guy. I was like. Are you, are you cool with this? Like, I'm here. I'm already here. He was like, yeah, let's just do it. I'm like, all right. I mean, both of us were freaking miserable. I mean, it was like, I mean, I couldn't feel my hands. I couldn't get the, I couldn't hold my camera to video. him. I was like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, but it actually no. was a productive lesson, but yeah. No boat. Um, I do have a, I do have a cheap shot I could give right now why I wasn't on a boat this morning, but I won't, I won't use it. That's okay. I, I, I had, I got a little bit of a sunburn today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from what I want to say, but I okay. won't say it. So it's unlike you. A couple a couple yeah. more bourbons, maybe we'll get it out of them. Uh, I'm actually not drinking tonight, guys. Sorry, I'm on water. Just uh, just, just feeling a little a little tired, you know. Just trying to, you know, help the body here recover and recoup. And I hear you, McLean. You on your normal Corona light? Why do you Why do you do that on Sunday on Monday night? Why don't you do that on Friday and Saturday night so you can have a bourbon with the guys? Like, you just got to prioritize. Because I'm because I'm trying to get my wife drunk. So, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> that's a that's a noble cause. <laughs> I mean, got to increase the odds a little bit here. So that's fair. <laughs> fair. Um, what are you drinking, Jay? Uh, I've got. Um, I've been on a 1792 kick. Kind of a weeded bourbon, really easy to drink. I mean, it's not very expensive, so yeah, it's good. good. I mean, I've I've actually really enjoyed it. It's it's uh, it's been a good a good bourbon, you know, for the price. So, and I'm saving all of my all of my uh, expensive fancy stuff that I should probably get rid of. But uh, you know, here we are. Sometimes it's hard to to have the good stuff. You just don't want it to go bye bye. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I, I, I drink my bourbon. I don't, I don't let it sit on my, on my shelf, and just I don't like looking at it. I'm like, yeah, this is a good, it's a good, good bourbon. I'm gonna have a sip of it tonight. Let's consume it. So, yeah, that's what I, it's there for. I polished off a little Buffalo Trace last night watching Yellowstone with very little like thoughts that I would drink it. But then you start watching it, you get into it. It's like, fuck yeah, I want one too. You know, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if you guys watch that, but it's like you, you kind of get into it. It's like let's go, let's just let's go. Watching John Dutton pour something out of a decanter, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do the same. I'm getting my twenty six dollar bottle. Put pinkies up the rest of this episode, which is so hard to do. I don't know if you guys, like I said, I don't know if you guys watch Yellowstone, but two nights ago, Tori and I sat down. My mom and uh, Jeff are in town, and. Uh, they ended up leaving. It's like 1030. She's like, you want to watch one episode? Yeah, let's do it. We sat down and it was the end of the episode. And she looks at me. She goes, why the fuck did we start doing this? Now we have to watch, watch one more episode. We have to watch another one. 
Have to. Do. Yeah. Now, I have not watched Yellowstone, but it's on my on my R to do list to watch here soon. But all right. So guys, I need a I need to get a, I'm gonna go on a massive minute right now and I need your help with this. Wow, we're starting the starting the episode with the massive minute. It, well, like the reason I'm doing this Jeez. is because it has, nothing, it has nothing to do with golf. It's, it's a NCAA, sober massive minute. It's an NCAA tournament massive minute. Okay. I'm gonna preface this with a couple of um I'm gonna couch this comment here with a couple of things. One, I'm not a huge college basketball fan. Even my Clemson Tigers, I just loosely follow. Don't watch a lot of it. Just, just I got too many things to follow and, and pay attention to. I just something just I, I can't do it all. I just can't be that fully invested into everything. I also don't know exactly the ramifications to what qualifies as a good team or a bad team to make the NCAA tournament. But Clemson Tigers did not make it. And by all accounts, it sounds like they should not have made it. By all the experts saying that they should not have made it. Where my bone to pick is, is with North Carolina State. They make the tournament. Clemson, it's all about good wins, bad losses, right? Clemson, a non-tournament team, beat the Wolfpack three times this year. They went 3-0 and with an average scoring differential of like plus 19. They absolutely wiped the floor three straight times with NCAA or NC State. And they're in the bracket and we're not. What the fuck? I mean, I'm look, I agree with you because obviously me being a Tar Heel fan, I'm in the same boat as you are right now, Mikey. Now the Tar Heels did not have a good year and I'm not getting ready to argue the fact that, you know, their their season and all their wins, you know, the big one they had late was the Virginia win. We needed probably one more win in the ACC tournament um, against Virginia again to to really give ourselves a chance to get in. But watching Selection Sunday yesterday and seeing some of the teams that do get in, and, and I love the fact that it opens it up for Cinderella stories and, and opens it up for you know some smaller teams that shouldn't get in there. But if we're talking about fielding the best 64 teams, teams like Clemson and North Carolina should probably be more in that conversation than they are. Uh, I saw the first four in versus the last four out. Three out of the first four in were net rank above 60. Three out of the first four I'm sorry, three of the first four in were net rank above 60. Three out of the first four out, including North Carolina, were net rank of inside of 50. They were like 46, 48, 47, somewhere in that range. Um, and at the end of the day, the, the, what I want to see is all the best teams playing together and see see the best uh, the best basketball we can. And Saint I don't know if th- gets in, but Clemson and North Carolina don't. Like, I don't know all these fucking new ratings and the BPI and the net rankings and all this bullshit. Like, Clemson beat North Carolina State three teams, three times by 20 points. You're right. How yeah. are they a better team than did us? Clemson, did Clemson beat Duke? Clemson beat Duke. Did Clemson beat Duke? Yes, they did. Yeah. They did. Did they beat uh like they have like they were they were four four and four in quad one wins but we had one quad three two quad three like what the fuck is these stupid advanced analytics analytics are ruining sports like what the hell are we talking about the north carolina state wolfpack lost to my team three times by 20 points they are not a better team than us well and here here's my argument with it so Let's put they are 23 and 10, though. That, so that's Clemson to me. That doesn't to me. That doesn't what was, Cle- what was Clemson's record like 23 and 10. 
Okay. But it also comes down to the conference that they play in and the strength of season or strength of schedule. Um, ACC was super weak this year. It was. They were super weak without question, not not debating that. But at the end of the day, are you going to tell me that Clemson or North Carolina would not be a better 16 or 15 seed than St. Bonaventure and some of these other uh, small schools that play no one, but they win their conference championships. Yeah. So they get auto buy that. Yeah. That, 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 me, that, that in like itself it to be the, the algorithm, if you will, needs to be changed. If we're going to put the best player, the best teams into these tournaments, let's have the best teams into these tournaments. Let's figure out yeah. a one ranking system. And if it's, let's call it the net rank, right? Let's just call it the net rank. If your algorithm puts you as the top 64 in the net rank, no matter what, no matter what conference you're from, what conference you win, I think you should get in. I don't think in the NCAA tournament that these small conference schools should get an auto buy just because they win their conference championship because we know that they're going to run in there as a 16 seed and not advance. They're going to play one yeah. game, one and done, they're gone. Whereas it is kind of dumb. You're right. Well, you have a much better chance of a Clemson or North Carolina coming in as one of those low seeds and advancing, actually playing good basketball against other solid teams and upsetting a one or a two seed. Because if if you put Clemson or North Carolina in there as a 15 or a 16 seed and they have to play that one or two seed, that's going to be a real game. And that that one or two seed is not going to be able to take that game um, and just kind of lollygag through it because they know they're getting a win. They're playing a no-name team that's played no one we've ever heard of and ultimately – say that that's a better product i disagree with that i think the algorithm needs to change let's come up with one ranking system that regardless of these quad wins and all this shit get that out of there because at the end of the day a lot of the teams that got in you know how many quad wins they had fucking zero zero but yet they're in the tournament and you have other teams that did have whatever the quad win is that did not get in and again, I just go back to come up with one ranking system, put the top 64 teams. If it's a net rank and there's an algorithm that goes into that, top 64 net rank should go into the tournament. Whatever it is, I don't care what conference uh, title you win. And the thing that pisses me off even more, I already had this kind of mini rant planned, and now I'm pissed off even more about it because I didn't want Clemson to make the tournament because I wanted the coach fired because we've been an irrelevant basketball team. We don't need to be in the final four of a year. It's We're a football school. I get that but we need to be better than we have been. And so I was like, okay, if we miss the tournament, maybe they'll finally fire him. Well, the AD comes back out today and said, he's coming back for another year. So, well, shit, we might as well have made the tournament now. It's tough for me. Cause I like Brown. Now he came from UNCW and I've, I've yeah, met him. We've times. made the tournament three times in 13 years. So not good I enough. I don't disagree with that. On the backside of that, is anyone else pissed at how fucking good Alabama is this year? Is it unfair if, if they just start winning both basketball and football the way they have, I'm fucking nah, out. I just they're buying all their plays with NIL. That's a new another shit show that can go on, but well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, everyone's yeah. doing it, so they just yeah. are better than everybody if you, else. If you have the option, yeah, why not? You know, back in the day, you know, Coach Cal was killing it with the one and dones when you had um, you know, North Carolina's Dukes, uh, you know, your your big teams are like, you know, we want you to come in and play and you know, we need you here for three years. And eventually they had to finally say, you know, if we're going to continue to compete, uh, we have to bring in some of these one and done guys. We have to give them that opportunity. All right. Sorry. Thank you for bearing with me on my little rant there. Just, I could talk college basketball for hours. It's just it. annoyed the hell out. And I'm like, what are we doing here, people? All right. The players championship was this past weekend. 
SJ rolls his eyes. Scotty Scheffler wins, wins in a landslide. Jay, what are your thoughts? Scotty Scheffler is the best player in the planet. It's not even close. Oh, it's close. I mean, a ROM maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but outside of, outside of John Rahm and, and maybe Rory McIlroy, if he could just keep his mouth shut, then then you've got three guys. Other than that, there's no one. There's it's it's a big big gap. It's a big gap. I mean, I just went through his earlier today. I went through the list. I mean, he has not outside of three missed cuts and three finishes outside of the top twenty five. The last twenty five events have been inside the top twenty five. So he's had five events in the last 30 that if he's finished outside of the top 25 and and of that only three have been outside the top 20. I mean, the guy's just, he's just beating the shit out of everybody. I mean, and he he does it on all different golf courses all over the world. He's um, yeah, it's impressive. I mean, you pretty much saw it Saturday afternoon. You're like, okay, he's not going to lose. Now I, I was kind of hoping for a, competition that was gonna be a little closer than a five shot lead coming down the end there uh, but at least sawgrass is a kind of place that you still got to keep an eye on it if he yeah dumps one on the water on 16 dumps one on the water on on 17 18 there's there's carnage to be had there you know he had a big lead at the masters last year and we saw his nerves kind of get to him with that four or five putt whatever he had on on 18 so yeah i mean you are right it it, it did open up the door for a lot of carnage and even though he did have that lead when he was hitting the second shot on 16 i i I was kind of looking i said you know if if he dumps this this tournament gets a lot closer quickly because what we were seeing on 17 prior to that the last 18 players were 15 over par uh balls were going into the water left and right for that last hour it was unreal unlike anything we've ever seen Minwoo Lee, not. I think, also helped him on 17 because it wasn't totally over. 18 still a very difficult hole, and he hit it, you know, right of right on 18. But on 17, with Minwoo stepping up there and hitting it on the green, hitting a good shot, it kind of gave him a little bit more confidence because on 16 green, you watched him uh, look over there and watch who was it, Cam Davis and um, uh, who else was in his group? Long story short, they both made double, and Scotty's on 16, literally watching the carnage happen. And that has to bring in. I, I I was sitting there telling uh, Jeff, I was sitting there watching it with, that this guy needs to look away. He needs to focus on what he's doing. Watching these guys dump it in the water and make doubles right in front of him when he's in the lead of the golf tournament is not helping his mental state. Mm-mm. Now, kudos to Scotty for being able to put that behind him and being able to witness that and also step up there yeah. and hit a good shot. Um, but at the end of the day, it was, it left a lot to be desired from a lot of, a lot of top players in terms of their performance on 133 yard par three, you know, the wind was pushing hard right there. Um, my God, we saw, um, oh gosh, who was it? The guy finished up, uh, double quad, he doubled 16 quad 17 Montgomery. million dollars, Montgomery, Taylor Montgomery. Thank yeah. you. He spent over a million dollars on the path on the last four holes. Yeah, uh, he was tied for fourth and ended up being like tied for forty eight. Uh, hard to watch. Wad on seventeen. Watch. He chipped it, which I didn't like where he dropped it from. Standing on the bulkheads, that was mind boggling to me. While you'd put yourself in that situation, especially nope. considering you're going to be able to get more spin off that tight grass and you're going to be off the fluffy grass. And he gave himself a little better lie. Don't get me wrong. I know that it's been 
trampled down. It's an incredibly tight lie. But at the end of the day, you're one of the top players in the world and you should be able to hit a crisp chip shot. Um, so, so on that, on that note, like I, I had, to, when I watched him hit that, hit that chip shot, what, what were, what, it, what are the exact specifications of the rule change for a, uh, water? I mean, they keep changing the damn name. Water hazard is what I've known it as. And now it's changed to penalty area, penalty area. And the, and the lateral hazard is now considered what what's it's, the new they're they're both just penalty areas one's a yellow one's a red penalty area uh, they're still called penalty areas one's called a red penalty area and one's yes. called a yellow penalty area yes okay so obviously nothing really has changed a whole lot with the with the red penalty area other than you can ground your club and move loose impediments you cannot do that in a yellow oh, penalty yeah, area yes we can so what I've read is you cannot ground your club in a in a yellow penalty area. Is that does that not the case? Uh, I thought it was just bunkers. You cannot. Okay. Uh, well, what about the drop? The drop was always where you had to drop. They have two club lengths of where of where the where the ball first crossed the yellow penalty area. Now that has changed because he dropped his ball on. Obviously, in that little crosswalk after the ball went in the hazard. Yeah, but that's not where it, it's where it crosses the hazard. For the so last go, time now. Yeah, because the ball landed on on ground. So then, when it goes in, it's the first time it's going in the, the penalty area. But it crossed the hazard prior to that, as it's in the air. So you're saying when it where it hits the ground now, where it hits the ground is the way. point. Of the, it's the point of entry. Point of so entry. It's it, the point the, of entry. It's changed the point of entry. I can't speak to whether it changed or not, but it's point of entry. And so you can take where so where he dropped it, he's taking that point between him and the flag and dropping it there. The the relief options have not changed. Oh, they haven't. Because there was mm-hmm. like three other guys that hit in the exact same spot that went to the drop area. Well, you have the option. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe they thought that was a better option, which I yeah. I would much rather chip than hit a fucking 80 yard pitch shot. So that that maybe that's what threw me off. But I, yeah, I, mean, I anytime thought the, you have a, anytime you have a drop zone, you have the option to use that drop zone, but you don't have sure, to sure, use that drop zone. Sure, yeah. But I I thought that maybe the rule had changed where it, they changed it from where it first crossed the hazard, which is what was what's that was what I understood the the ruling as. But going back to like Tiger. And you know, in the in the Masters, where he hit that shot that crossed, he hit, he crossed across the hazard for the first no, time, it's, and then it's hit all the pin and bounced back in, and he took the the you know illegal drop there, yeah, where he didn't drop because, it where it last crossed the hazard. Yeah, it's what Tiger's issue was the point of entry where that ball came in at was over to the left side of the flag stick. So to keep that point between him and the flag and go as far back as he wants. He would have been in the left rough yeah. where playing where he dropped it. He should have been, was it a yard or two in front of him where the option is play it from the previous spot. Sure. But he ended up taking it a yard or two back of that spot, yeah. which is but not, it, it, it still should be wherever it first crossed the hazard, not where it last crossed the hazard. No, it's point of entry, which Tiger's okay, ball. so so when you, when you say point of entry, like where, where the, the ball goes where, into the water, 
Where the ball goes into the water. Where it goes into the water. It has nothing to do if it flies over it. It's where it's going into the water. That's where you take your That's where line the relief of sight. point starts from. Yeah. And you can't take uh you know, it's no there's no two club links from on a yellow. It's only point of entry. So where it went into the water. So if you say, for instance, again, some of the listeners may not understand this, but if I've got a think about you know, TPC at Sawgrass, and I'm I'm going to use a reference of. I'm I'm, I'm glad that you're clearing this up because this is. I feel like this is. I thought it. I thought it had changed, but maybe not. But say seven at the foundry where mm-hmm. it's a semicircle kind of hazard. If I hit it, it pins on the right side of the green, mm-hmm. and it's surrounded by water from the front all the way to the right, all the way behind. And if I fly it over the green, and the ball goes into the water behind the green. My understanding is that you need to drop on the front side of that to where it first crossed the hazard. Nope. That's when we have the, you know, we normally have, you know, local rule. We have a drop zone there for our tournament play and, and kind of use it as an everyday play. People can drop it in front. But technically, where that ball crosses, if you want to go point of of entry with the flag, you can actually go back up to like the eighth tee box would be that line going back. On the... Other side on of the other the, side, on the other side, but not. But what if it's a slightly angled? Can you you can't take a two two club links and go over? So yeah, so on the other, other side, side, you have to go to the so other no side. closer to the hole, not lateral. That that's what's that's what's kind of weird with that rule, because yeah, there's no there's lateral. You can you have the option to take two club links from the point of entry. You don't have that option with a yellow. Because the the whole the whole point is they want you to navigate the hazard, as in clearly hit it over the hazard and stay there. It's typically where you see a yellow hazard when the ball has to travel over it, where red is typically like you call the a lateral is on your sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's and typically be on a lot sides, of, a lot it, of but... a lot of red hazards on your sides. You don't have yeah. the option to go, you know, mm-hmm. um, to the other side of the water, right? Yeah. it's usually a, a massive area or it's woods or you can't go keep that point between you and the flag and go far back because it's just woods. So, so in Taylor Montgomery's situation, he hit it in that walkway. He was able, if, if you're able to keep that point between you and the flag, you can go back. So he can go, he went back on that walkway. He, he can go back on that, on that, between that point and the flag. If the geometry is, allows you to, where the line is, where the where the in play through the green is, if the geometry works out, for him it worked out where it entered, he could keep that point between him and the flag and still drop on that walk path. That 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 blows my mind then because I I, I saw three guys hit it on the almost identical line. So like some of them hit it. Over the green, not not like Justin Rose hit it over the green. Mm-hmm. Aaron Ray hit it over the green, and a, a little further, you know, towards the pin. But if that's the case, if you can take that spot and go back through the water and on that walkway, I would much rather much rather hit a chip shot from that walkway than an eighty yard shot to that pin. That that just blows my mind that they would take that they would take that line yeah. if, if they have the option to drop on that walkway off of a off of a lie where we could put some spin on it. I I, I know especially because some of the guys uh, it was Azinger or Faxon or whoever was talking about you almost kind of have to land it on a downslope to get that back flag from the drop zone. 
Yeah. Um, well, Taylor Montgomery chipped it in the water from that position. So, so yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that's why they didn't do it, but um, on, on that note, a good transition piece. And I know we didn't, th- this wasn't on the, on the docket here, but how terrible is uh, Paul Azinger? Uh, he's, he's terrible. Uh, I love, I mean, we, I mean, I am seeing like, I'm seeing like, uh, I watched it with my son for the la- the back nine and, and my nine-year-old son said, who, who is the guy announcing? This is a nine-year-old. He's like, who, who is that? And I'm like, well, that's Paul Anzinger. He's like, wow, he's, he's, he's really, his commentary is really strange. And he didn't use the word commentary because he's, that, that's not in his vocabulary. But he's, yeah. like, he's talking really weird. That's basically the way he said. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, the last couple of years have been really awkward for, for Paul Azinger. And I, I honestly don't know how much longer they're going to employ him because it's, it's really weird. Like there's the whole, his logic, the, the commentary, like, it's like what you're, you're out in left field, like way out in left field. He's um he, he's not that good. I've never really liked him that much. He loves talking about pressure and that's all he wants to talk about. He's got these weird analogies and I, I do like the NBC crew better this year. I like the addition of Faxon. I think he actually has some sure. decent insight. I love Smiley Kaufman and John Wood on the Smiley golf course. Kaufman. I think both of them are fantastic on course reporters. John Wood's awesome, especially with that that caddy. Um, you know, now that Bones is not there, you know he has oh, yeah. that that caddy perspective. And even Kurt Byram, they've kind of promoted up NBC from from Golf Channel broadcast to now NBC Golf broadcast. But Azinger just doesn't doesn't do it for me. One bit. Speaking of caddies, how's Ted Scott doing right now? He's pretty damn rich. Yeah, it made one point six five million, uh, assuming ten percent over Scotty's last six wins, and you just in like a year gotta love any time that you can stick it to Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that. I'll second that in a heartbeat. All for it in a all heartbeat. It. Thank yeah, you. I going going back to Scotty real fast. I I'm starting to like him more. I I know I've talked about him that he just doesn't do it for me on this podcast, and I have a hard time rooting for him or against him. Or I'm starting to like him. Man, can that guy chip his face off? He's unbelievable, but I, I I gotta I gotta tell you, when it comes down to it, he's someone, and I said this yesterday, he's someone who I would be happy for my sons to look at as a role model because he's just a good guy. Mm-hmm. He gets it done kind of quietly. He lets his play talk for himself. Um, you know, he's very clean when it comes to you know, any issues that are involved in the sport. He he kind of steers clear of all of that and just goes out and lets his clubs do the talking for him. And he, he's a good guy, uh, has a, has a, a really good reputation for being well-liked. Um, I, I like him involved in our sport. I think he's a great ambassador for our sport and especially for American golfers. I mean, it's tough right now to, to say that there's a better American golfer out there because we know the answer is there's not. No. Uh, but but besides that, he's not going to get involved in controversy. He's someone that I would be proud um, for Bo or Stone to to look at as you know. I want to be like that guy. I w- I want to go play golf and 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 hold myself uh, the way that guy does. Um, so I I got to say that I I really like the guy. Um, he, he's a like I said a great ambassador for our sport, and I think he's someone who we're going to continue to see for a long time. I mean, he is a natural athlete that plays 
kind of his game to a certain extent. You know, he he's not trying to make his swing perfect. He's trying mm-hmm. to refine it while keeping all the same motions in place. You know, we haven't seen him try to quiet his footwork. He doesn't listen to the naysayers. He gets out there and just kind of keeps doing what he's doing. And it's very difficult as a golfer to ever feel like you can't get better. But at the same time, the harder part is knowing what you have is good and continuing to just do what you're doing. And he has done that and he's continuing to do it and he's winning at a very fast rate. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean, it's just, it's hard not to like the guy. It really is from my perspective anyway. Yeah, it is. I'm starting to like him more. I mean, I obviously liked him as, a, as you know, he's obviously a great guy and seems very polite and, um, but yeah, I guess I'm just having more, I guess more and more respect just how good he is and, uh, what he can do with a golf ball and damn. And, and as a, as a, Someone who loves a short game, he can just chip his ass off. Oh, buddy, I'm telling you. It's he would have so never good. dropped it in the rough. I'm just telling you right now, he would have never dropped it in the rough. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. He, he's not concerned about putting the grooves on the back of the golf ball. It's, uh, man, it's good. Um, it was nice to see it, it, just the players in general, the cream kind of rise to the top. The, the leaderboard was not looking great in the first first couple of days. And then all of a sudden, and especially at a, at a place, you know, the, the more golf you play, like 72 holes versus 54, the cream's going to rise to the top. Um, <laughs> but especially at a venue like TPC Sawgrass, it's tough. There's not forgiving. you got to be on your game. It takes a lot of nerves to play it. There's a lot of pressure. And then you, all of a sudden you look at the leaderboard, Scotty Scheffler, Hatton, Hovland, uh, Hideki made a run with a, a finishing fifth. Homa, you know, Justin Rose, Sung J.M., you know, Morikawa just outside the top ten. It, 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 the the better players seem to kind of to get up there, and and man, did did Hatton make himself a bunch of money? You're talking about guys that cost themselves a bunch of money hitting into the water on 17. Hatton birds the last five holes and won himself about two million. Yeah, no, it was fantastic to watch. Now, going back to Sawgrass for a second, have you? If either of you guys played that golf course, have not. You have though, right? No. Yeah, it's not that good. <laughs> and they're charging 800 a person Dude. to go tee it up. It's it's yeah. not that good. I played it and like there there's some cool 725 is what I saw, yeah. Yeah, it's something something astronomical. Um which probably add in tax on 725 and it's, it is probably 800 once, yeah. once you swipe the card. Uh but at the end of the day I played that golf course and it's it's good. Don't get me wrong, there's some good holes. There's some really cool stuff. I mean 16, 17 and 18 uh are the three most memorable holes to me. Um, but it's not, I've played a ton of better golf courses in my life that people have probably never heard of. Um, so the fact that this place is getting what it gets and fills up the T sheet each day, I mean, I'm not trying to say they don't know what they're doing because the T sheet's full and that's why they're charging now, you know, seven twenty. Well, that's because people want to play the course they see on TV all the time and they want 100%. to take the photo op on 17 and you know. 100%. Jay. So how about this? I think it was Machinella that posted this. He was, I mean, he was saying it was 725 to play Sawgrass. And he was like, or you could play in peak season pricing. You could go out to Bandon and play two Bandon Dunes courses and the Bandon Preserve Par 3 course for the same price to play one round at TPC Sawgrass. It's, no a, it's a no-brainer. It's crazy. No crazy. No-brainer. Yeah, I, I have no interest in playing TPC Sawgrass. I mean, I, I could say maybe... I, 
one time just to say that you played it. So you could make some type of, you know, you can, you know, uh, relevance to the, the, the players and, and the guys playing, you know, other than that, like, I don't want, I don't need to play that golf course. Yeah. It's, it's super hard and you're going to lose balls. You can hit balls in the water, even like good players, like, mm-hmm. as a good players don't, don't want to play there. I mean, look at the, look at the, past champions that we've had there's no consistency to any type of one player i mean you've had long long hitters short hitters great putters bad putters great iron players poor iron players well i shouldn't say poor iron players we've never had a poor iron player really win out there but but short long good putters not great putters not great short games great short games you know it it's just it doesn't set up for the reason that they make money is because of the name and and what the tournament stands for, and because it's yeah. so called the toughest golf co- golf course on the on the PGA Tour, you know. But yeah. I, I've I've really got no interest in playing that. Like that's not fun for me. Yeah, I've played it once, and I only had to pay a hundred bucks because Harold Varner the third hooked us up out there. Um, but I would, I have no interest in going and playing it again. If I had the opportunity to go play. TPC Sawgrass or Sawgrass Country Club. It's Sawgrass Country Club every day. I haven't played out there. It's a great golf course. Used to be the host of the event back in the day. Um, but at this point, I've played it once and I got it out of my system. And it's not somewhere that I yearn to get back to. So I want to get to Rory in a second, but uh, I saw this online. One swing. You hit the green at 17 for a million dollars. If you miss the green, you have to go to jail for a year. Do you attempt oh, it? 10 million. No, it was 10 million. So ten million, you, yeah. Oh, ten million green, is a definite yes. Ten million, or you go to, or you go to jail for a year. It's a, it's a yes, one hundred percent. Even though I did hit my first ball in the water there. So here's another one I heard. It's only ten thousand if you hit it, but the punishment is if you miss it, you don't play golf for a full year. Easy. I'll, I'll do that seven times last year. I'll, I'll do that. In a second. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. You tell me I can go a full year without hitting a bad shot. I'm interested. <laughs> The the go to jail for a year is a, a year is a no brainer in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I, I could deal. With, I could deal with prison for a year. I think. I mean, I I say that not not go, never going to prison, but <laughs> I will say that like I'm going to comment on a, a friend of the pod, Luke Luke Myers said, "Look, if I have to go to jail for missing the green at TPC Sawgrass, then." The story that I'm going to tell for, for, from having to do that, I'm going to make at least that amount. And that's like, that's a forward thinking. Like, I wasn't even going that far, but he's like, yeah, you're right. Like, you're 100% right. Like, if I go to jail for a year for missing a golf shot, like, I'm going to, people are going to want to know that who the hell I am and why the hell that I decided to do that. Yeah. Three years later, regardless, I've got a badass boat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in good shape. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, all right. So thoughts on Rory. So, you know, we didn't get the, any showdown that we were thinking Rom gets sick WDs after round one, Rory plays terrible, misses the cut. And then, you know, made some comments about, he doesn't like his driver and he wants to go switch to his old tailor-made driver, but he can't basically insinuating that his contract states that he has to play the new driver. Yeah. Um, it also, it, it sounded like he wore, the old driver too thin where it's no longer conforming 
And that can happen to the listeners, the amateurs. Some people think like, oh, my driver's dead. No, you can actually wear it where the face gets thinner and thinner, where where the testing is the trampoline effect that these guys go through and the USGA puts their clubs through. It would actually register as too much of a trampoline effect on the driver because it's worn thin. So it would be no longer conforming. And you did see Morikawa this week. There was pictures of him. He switched to like two two models ago, one of the Sims with TaylorMade. So is is Rory just looking for an excuse, crying, whining? Should he not have said that? Should TaylorMade be pissed? What are your thoughts there? Well, they're feeling pretty good right now with Scheffler winning with it in the back. That was a saving grace for them. Um, you know, I... It's tough for me to go too hard on this subject, but at the same time, I feel like whatever your club agreement is, if it has that logo, that should be one of the most important parts. I understand from the equipment side of always wanting to have the the newest stuff in play because that's what you're trying to promote and that's what currently you're trying to sell. But on the back side of that, I think you have to allow your players to put the equipment in their bag that they feel gives them the best chance of winning. If it has the, your logo on it. That's where I sit on it because I do have somewhat of a, a, a player background, you know, growing up with my dad and playing the little bit that I did. Um, you know, the the most important thing to these guys, and Jay can certainly, you know, talk more in depth about this, is giving myself the best chance to win. And me winning with a driver that's a year or two old but still has the right logo on it versus me missing the cut with the newer model does a, a large, for me, provides a larger benefit to the brand that you know they they work with. Well, one real quick point before Jay goes, the biggest thing is what what's TaylorMade getting value out of Rory playing the newest model or Rory missing the cut and not being on TV on the weekend? 100%. That yeah. and that's exactly my point. Yeah. No, I I you guys already said it. I mean, I agree 100%. Like I I use a TaylorMade driver. I was with TaylorMade for, you know, from 2007 to 2017 for 10 years, I used a tailor-made driver and I always tried the newest driver. And a lot of times it was good. It was better. So I switched and there were a few times where it wasn't better. Um, so I went back to an older model and granted, I was not in a position that Rory McElroy <laughs> is in uh, from a monetary standpoint. So I did not have the pressure to play the newest model, but I will say, and when when you play in the you know web.com events now the corn fair events if you play the dp tour event or you play in a pga tour event they they do count your, your clubs and see what you're playing and in the end of the day if you're playing a tailor-made driver that's still a tick for tailor-made if you're yeah. playing a titleist ball that's still a tick for titleist you know again regardless of whether or not it's the it's the newest model you're still playing um, their their brand and you're still bringing marketing dollars in for them and I think in my opinion that's a that's a bonus and I think I, I think the, the the club companies are looking at this the wrong way like I've got a I've got a, a lot of guys who are playing the new model I've got a lot of guys who are playing the old model that just extends your brand that just extends you know last year's model more guys maybe go may go back and be like hey you know what I want the stealth one you know you know Rory still prefers the stealth one but Justin Thomas prefers or not Justin Thomas but 
you know, uh, uh, Scheffler prefers this self too. Okay. Well, me, me, wow. I've got a couple of drivers that I can go back and, and look at. So the, the fact that they push that and I, and, I, and you're right. hundred percent. They do push it. They do push it hard. Like, Hey, you know what? You got to play this. I'm like, it's, it's not better for me. The head doesn't match with me. Like I've tried all the shafts. It doesn't fit. Like, do you want me to play good golf or do you just want me to use the driver just to say that I'm using the driver? That's bullshit. You know, in the end of the day, the club companies, you want, you want your guys to play the best golf they can. Cause in, in the end of the day, if you've got them using, even if it's one, two, three models old, if they're winning golf tournaments, that's more publicity for you, which is the whole point. The whole point. Yeah. That, that, that part of it just baffles me of like making guys play the newest version. It's just so stupid. It's so uh, stupid. And also shame on Rory and his agent. If that is a clause in his contract that says he has to play the most updated, shame on them for signing that. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I mean, contract's we, not like that. He came out with that 2016 M2, um, playing it much later than any other uh, tour pro, I do believe, on their staff. Yeah. Which, um, is an incredible driver, and I'm teeing it up tomorrow, and that driver will be in my bag. It'll be the uh, driver I will be playing without question. I've got one, and I've I've held on to it for a while and always known that um, it could be something that makes it back into my bag very quickly. And there's a, there's a reason for that there's a reason you saw so many guys play with that driver uh, yeah. for as long as they did and including tiger and there's obviously a reason with the amount of testing that tiger does that he felt more confidence in that club and, and kept it in his bag for as long as he did so yeah uh, at the end of no. the day you know th they do make a great product um i think you make a great point with allowing him to sign that contract i think I don't think the money difference would have been any any major thing to shake a stick at if it was to say, all right, look, we we want to go ahead and commit to you know twelve or fourteen clubs or whatever the contract is, uh, but there all those twelve will be you know current models, and you know the big thing that you look at, especially with a lot of these guys, is that they don't always have current irons and wedges in the bag. You know the driver is is thought of much differently depending on which manufacturer well, i think they with. these these manufacturers take have an ego over, over the driver count and this and that and they spend so much money marketing the without the drivers too and right i mean hell rory's playing vokies right now he's got well, a set of tell Vokey wedges in the bag well and that, really that's huge because the the tailor-made the tailor-made wedges are have been touted as one of the best wedges in the game in the, in the last two years he just switched to those this year so really you know, maybe they're saying, hey, you can use 11 clubs, but the, the driver has to be one of them and it has to be the current model. If you want to switch your wedges out, it might have been a. Well, I mean, I I, I get why. I mean, I get I, I look at both sides of it and I understand, you know, from a player standpoint, you're like, hey, I want to play the best club. I want to have the option to play the best club um, that I that I need it, it long as as long as it's in that tailor made family. Sure. But don't make me play your newest driver just because if i if i match up with the previous version and i'm the, my ball speed's better my spin rate's better then then that's 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 a bonus for you taylor made why would you want me to play a driver that doesn't fit me yeah um but at the same time i i, I see where taylor made you know can say look hey this is this is what you need to do I'm, if you're going to sign the contract then you've got to do it you know which i 
I, you know, I don't agree with that from a player yeah, standpoint, but I understand from the exec side, like if you, if you can get them to sign the contract then yeah, that that's fair game. Like, Hey, you signed it. I told you you needed to play this. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't want to sign the contract, you don't get paid. You can be a, a, a you know, as I call it a, a equipment free agent. Yeah. But you're not getting paid, you know, you're not getting so, paid. Yeah. It's tough. It's um, weird. But yeah, he, he didn't come off great. I think with some of those comments, he yeah. he 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 looked very Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. Yep. That's a great great uh, analogy there. Um, and and it was and it it really it's starting to take away as much as I like Rory. I mean, and we all we all like Rory on this podcast. I mean, I I like him a lot. But it's almost like he's almost getting too opinionated. Um, if yeah, I'm not going to speak for you guys, but for me, he's getting too opinionated. Where like I'm like, all right, man, just. Just, just do your thing. Just play golf. Well, just be good. I, just do your thing. Like I, I don't really want to hear your political side of it. I just want to see you play good golf because you're really good and incredibly talented guy. But like, I don't know. I don't. I don't care. I don't care that much about what your opinion is. Well, he's he's giving his opinion a lot because he's getting asked a lot. He's sure that, that's where some but, of the inequality I think comes from in the on the PGA Tour. From a, you know, yes, he's he's the man he makes the most amount of money he's the stud and so they want to talk to him they're not going to talk to the alex smalls of the world but you know and that's where it's tough on these guys and i i call me a, a hypocrite i get on these guys sometimes about what they say or how they say things and i want them to talk but i don't want them to talk too much and they're getting asked a lot where an alex smalley or you name the rank and file guy which i want to talk about here in a second they don't ever have to look like a whiny crybaby because no one ever asked them a question to look like a whiny yeah. crybaby so, yeah, yeah, and, and he's had to shoulder so much, and I'm kind of curious if, if him having to shoulder all this press and these, all this work with the PGA Tour, if it's just too much, and he just wants to kind of go back to focusing on his golf game. He's you good. know, I, I think last year it was worked as a, a chip on his shoulder, and he kind of harnessed that at first. Where now I think it might be like, okay, I'm I'm kind of overdoing all this now. Can we, yeah. can we can we be done here? Yeah, dude, it's not your responsibility. It's that's the PGA Tour. That's Jay Monahan's responsibility. You you go play golf. If you go play good golf, then the rest takes care of itself. Yeah. Like you don't have to sit here and answer questions for Jay Monahan. In my opinion, I, let Jay Monahan answer those questions. Well, yeah, Jay, that's another, that's another topic. Jay Monahan needs to be out there more. I mean, he exactly. Uh, when have you? I mean, he does two uh, press conferences a year. He does the players and then the tour which championships. Is bullshit. Which is bullshit. Like if you want to make all these claims and say how great your tour is going to be and how how you're going to separate yourself from the from the live, then get out and get out and answer questions. Don't make Rory McIlroy do it because Rory McIlroy is Rory McIlroy. He's not the PGA Tour. Uh, granted, you want him to be the PGA Tour, but Jay Monahan, get out and answer the questions. Tim Fincham answered the questions. Yeah, but granted, he had Tiger Woods on his side, and he didn't have to answer a whole lot of questions. No, but when he did have to answer questions, that dude is a smart, smart ass dude. He's a smart, smart dude, and he answered them. And Jay Monahan, you, you, you front the load. Answer the questions. Don't don't put it on your players that are not they're they're not being paid by the PGA Tour. They're not contracted by the PGA Tour. They they're their own guy, you know. Yeah. They're their own. They're. I mean, we we thrown we thrown this word around. Independent contractor. They are essentially still independent contractors. Now they have some other agreements. We all know, 
but don't 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 lay the the success of the PGA Tour on uh you know a player that could flip in a second like you get in front you get in front and answer the questions if you know the answers then you you educate you educate tell us what's going on and I, that's that's my one qualm with Jay Monahan and I think that I do think he's a smart guy I'm not I'm not saying that I do think he's a very smart guy I just wish he would he would get in front and 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 shoulder the load here a little bit more. Well, I don't think he has the personality. I don't and, think he. I don't think he's great in front of the cameras, in front of the questions. Well, Fitch, that's Fitch not. That's better. not my Fitch, problem. That's no, not I'm my not problem. Saying, I understand that. I'm just telling you probably why he doesn't. And I'm. I'm well, he should. Well, probably, the PGA Tour should find somebody that can do it. Sure, sure. Fincham yeah. was better at that, but Fincham also never had to answer any hard questions because he had the easiest commissioner job in the history of the world because he could just ride the, the tiger woods thing and yeah all well, kinds of money was flowing into the game but he did he did make some monumental changes for the pension plan that which i mean the pension plan with the pga tour is is the number one sure pension yeah, plan of any of any professional sport bar none hands it's down not close. Even, it's not even close the guys that are making a bukus of money from playing 50 pga tour starts 100 pga tour starts is incredible like you you look at some nhl like these guys who have played 100 nhl games they they get nothing but you look at someone like garrett willis who played 100 pga tour starts and now he's getting you know you know, ten thousand dollars a month. You know, it's it's insane. It's not even close. And and Tim Fincham, you know, he's a U of R grad. I forgot. I read Richmond, and he and he's a is a lawyer. He's a he's a smart dude, and he pushed hard for it. I read an article a couple of years ago about the pension plan, and I forget the statistics. I want to go back and find it. It was it's it insane. Was it's remarkable. Insane. I want to have it's some data behind it, but it was it was good. Um. One point I want to make about the new schedule that we don't know the details on, and I'm not going to yell at the PJ Tour yet for something they haven't, you know, haven't done, have or haven't done yet. I'm not going to get them in trouble for, for something. But the more I thought about the new plan, if you're going to have these limited field events with no cut, then you cannot give every player FedEx Cup points. So they haven't announced what's going to happen with the FedEx Cup points. What you know now? Granted, I'm I'm okay with the winner getting more than a regular event, but if you finish in 65th place out of 75 guys or 78 or 70, whatever there's going to be, you only beat a handful of guys. Your your reward is guaranteed money, no cut. You get a paycheck. You you can't get FedEx Cup points because if all these guys are getting FedEx Cup points and you're going to use the top 50 FedEx Cup points at the end of the year to determine the designated events for next year, you're not going to have that turnover in players that I, I want to see. It's just going yeah. it, to kind of overinflate their FedEx Cup points, just like we've talked about some of these other tours in the, over the years, overinflating world golf ranking points. Um, I think if, if everyone in the designated events is going to overinflate, because now basically FedEx Cup points are going to matter more than they've ever mattered. Yeah, well, I mean, so are we going to start? Are we going to talk about the fact that the PGA Tour has decided to make this change and and kind of copying the Live Tour and and what they're doing? Are we going to address that? We talked about it last week. I mean, are we going to dive into it? What's what? What's there to dive into? 
I mean, it, this they're, is... not, they're not copying them because there's still a meritocracy. There's still turnover. There's still way more people. There's still four rounds. Sure. But no, in terms, no, in no, terms no, of the... no cut events are not an original idea on the PGA. No, no, Tour. it's not. But it's the fact that they're going backwards. It, that's the thing that blows my mind. Is that yeah, come backwards. on, you can't say they're not copying them to a certain extent. I mean, they're, yeah. they're looking at the opportunity to provide uh, their players with a reason not to leave. And that's what ultimately it looks like from my perspective is that they're trying to keep guys from leaving. And that was their number one goal uh, in coming out with this new format. And at the end of the day, they created a third tour, which is not to the benefit of the Corn Ferry Tour or the guys on the secondary tour for that matter. What's, what's what's the secondary tour? The um the non-limited field events. Oh yeah, I think there's a ton of ton of bonuses for those guys. They can now get into all of those events. They used to get into them anyways. Yeah, but not with this big bigger purses. Doesn't well, matter. The purses, the purses have the purses increased for those for those subsidiary events. Well, like for this year, like they're they they've they've never been this much. The purses for the little events aren't going. The purses for the little events aren't going down. Correct, but at the end of the day, we're still playing for the same amount of money in all those other events. All right, look, we've seen purses continue to get higher, no matter what. As years have gone by, the purses have always gotten higher. So, all of a sudden, you've taken basically another seventy guys and made them irrelevant except for the top tier events. And now you're only going to see the majority of the top guys play the top tier events. But and if the, you, you, up, you can't tell me that it's not directly into response from trying to keep those guys. I, I didn't say it's it. not. Of course, it, it's only benefits, it only benefits the top players. It does not benefit anyone else on tour. I don't agree with that one bit. Well, I'm, I'm available. A hundred percent. It's because of live. I'm not going to say that it's not because of live. I never did. Um, but you can't tell me that it doesn't benefit that lower player. How does it not benefit the lower player? He no longer has an opportunity to go out there and no, win. he does. That's the thing. He absolutely has an opportunity to go out there to play better golf to win, the, make these things. And now he's in a field of of twenty twenty five million dollars. So how is that not? Because it eliminates him from being. No, in it's not eliminating him though. He has the option. He has the ability in the way they're setting up the schedule to play well in a three week period to get into those next two events. But the way it's currently set up, the way it's currently set up, these guys get into these events and they have an opportunity to make a household name for themselves without having to qualify because they qualified for the PJ tour. They're on the tour. They have a tour card. Sure. And they get into these events and they have an opportunity that week in and week out more opportunities than they have now to go out there and win an event and make a household name for themselves and become one of the top players in the world and have that experience, play against the top players week in and week out. This now separates them from having that opportunity to do it as many times. It limits no, it the amount of opportunity. It might sit a little bit harder, but they can still have the option to play good golf, to get into these events, to make a whole bunch of money, to make way more money than they would have in the old yes. system. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that if you can make it into that top tier. But you can go out and play your best golf and unfortunately not capitalize on that because you weren't eligible to play in one of the top events. Whereas if you'd have played the same golf against the if, top... If you were playing your best golf and you're not eligible to get into top events, then maybe you're not good enough. I don't think that's right. Yeah, no, I, I don't... I don't. Yeah, we, we'd have to look... We, we'd have to get really... we have to get really granular on on that. But I don't I don't think that it's... it's. I think it's separating the two the two systems. I think it's separating Without the question. two. 
Yeah, I think it's, it's the guys who have qualified and created themselves or created a, um, you know, a, a level of golf for themselves. And it just going to it's going to it's going to separate, you know, the two even even greater than than what it was before, because now it's like, hey, these guys have already qualified. They're already in. And now they're going to get more points from playing these events when there's no cut. And it's like, oh, well, you're not going to lose anything by playing in this event. So, like, if you well, play that's, in this, and that's what I'm talking about. That's where I want to see how they do with the points to make sure that there is enough turnover. The the models that the PJ Tour is saying that they ran is that there'll be a 40 percent turnover in the top 50 year to year, and that's I think they said it was like 18 and a half guys. It would equate yeah, I mean, to would be different in the in the top 50 every year. Plus, you're talking about another another 20 to 30 also that get in the field from current form on the tour in the non-designated events. That, that would be great if, if in fact, that's the way that it, that it shaped out. But nothing that they've said in the past, because they've mentioned this in the last three years, that, that that's what they wanted to do. And it hasn't taken shape. So if, if, it, does, if it does pan out that way, that's, that's great. And that's but why I said I want to I want to pass I'm going to hold judgment on it. I want to see what they do with this. But to say that the the lesser guy cuz there's a bunch of rank and file guys, I forget who it was with Golf Magazine did a good article. A bunch of guys are pissed off. Um and I think they just been getting fat and happy being top 50 every week in these events and aren't worth it that much. Just play better golf, guys. Just play better golf. That's what that's what I love about the PGA Tour is you have to play good golf to make a living and an earning. Just hey, Ryan Armour, like he he came out bitching and moaning. Like, dude, no one the the TV deals are not big because of Ryan Armour. The sponsorship deals are not big because of Ryan Armour. Like, dude, shut up, Ryan Armour. Like, if you don't like it, play better golf. And then you get all the benefits of being one of the top players. I just personally don't don't feel like this is better for the overall tour. I think it's better for the top players and trying to keep them from going to live. And that's my problem with it. It's not the fact that the Ryan armors in the world, it it comes down to, is this the best thing for the core of the sport? And ultimately this decision seems like it was made specifically to keep more or keep top players from leaving and going to live. It wasn't about giving the most opportunity for the most golfers out there and provide them with the chance to better themselves or better the tour overall. But we've because also said the that there's, day, there's been too much can't. of an oversaturation of golf was one of our complaints on this podcast. So we can't say there was an oversaturation a couple of months ago and now say, oh, no, well, now, now there's not enough. I didn't say that. No, no, no. I, I didn't I, say that. No. It's not an oversaturation of golf. It's oversaturation of 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 bad golf. So let's let's put the best players. Fewer events. Let's go with fewer yeah, events. Fewer let's events and more events. fewer events with more players. In my opinion, like why? What now? We're doing more events with less players, and and that's not now. We're not getting the best guys competing against against each you other. You got to remember the fall series is going away, so the actual season on the tour will be less events. That's it great. Will, but we've also we've also made it more difficult for someone to go out there and and make a name for themselves. You know, guys that go through Q school, go through Corn Ferry Tour, get all the way up there. And now they have to make one more step to get into the spotlight. No, they just got to play. And it's better. also going to it's it, that's not what it is. I know that's what you like to keep saying, Mike, but that's not what it comes down to. At the end of the OK, then, then, then what these is these guys it? have to have? Well, ultimately, you're providing more separation. You also just hurt a ton of events on the PGA Tour. You talk about the revenue that these events. 
You don't think so? No, not you at all. Me, you tell me that everyone's going to care as much as they do when you have events that the top players aren't playing in. I think you're going to see some of the top guys play in those events because they're not going to even Why? even Why? Because they're not because they're not going to take 3 weeks off in between yeah. events. They're going to play in, in one or two. You're also because you're now limiting it to the top 50, you're going to get a lot of guys who are grinding, big names who are grinding that have a down year to play in those events to get into the top 50 for next year. They're grinding already. They're already fucking grinding. So I, I are you talking about Mike? Are you talking about the the limited field events? Or uh, no, I'm talking about the non. I'm talking about he was saying that the all the other events are going to be worse now. I I don't think that's going to be the case. If if they keep, they're already is, not just, good. We just I mean the Honda Classic created, sucked this year. The Honda Classic or whatever's going to replace it will be better yeah, next year. Yeah, we yeah. Have, we have fifteen more Honda Classics. We have fifteen more fucking John Deere's. We have fifteen more Barbasols. All of a sudden, I don't. I don't that's think you will. Did. I don't think you will. That's my opinion. Right. We'll see. We'll see next if, year. But I don't. I don't think there's already a lot of shitty golf events. So. so, do you do you think? Let me ask you this: Do you think that the viewership will increase in the events without the top players, the non-limited fields events? Do you think that the viewership is going to get better for those events because they just made 15 events much better, and they're going to have more revenue bringing in, better TV time, better viewership without question. Do you think the other events are going to maintain the same viewership that they've had? And do you think that it's going to be a better event for that community and for the tour? Could be. How? Because I I, I think the Honda Classic will be made better. You had, what, two guys in the top 20 in the world? I bet you you have more next year. Because guys aren't going to take three weeks off in a row. I don't I don't think so. I think and the viewer and the viewership for the Honda Classic. The, the top players the do it all the time. I'm trying to answer your question. The viewership hey, you for the cut, Honda Classic. You cut us off 15 times. You got to at least give us the opportunity to come back in there, cut you off a little bit too. <laughs> the viewership for the Honda Classic sucked anyways. Oh, by by the way, it was like 10 100%. times better than Live. But um, it. it the, 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 TV, the TV deals are not paying for the Honda Classic. They're paying for these big events. They're going to make all those all their 100%. money in these big events. Are you, Mikey, are you saying that you think the the Honda is going to be better next year because it's going to be an elevated event? Or no, I think I think some of the non designated events will be better next year. And why? That? Why? Because why? you're going to have more guys trying to grind to get into the top fifty. And who at are the they? end of the, at the end of the season to get into the to get into the elevated events for the following year? Do you? Where right now, guys are just trying right to make now? it. Of course, they're, they're all grinding, but I'm not going to say you're going to have more guys trying to grind harder. I'm saying the level of grind, because now you've eliminated a lot of guys at the bottom. Instead of 125 full cards you're giving out, it's only 70 full cards. And then only the top 50 are getting in. The more restrictive you make these, the more guys are going to need to play. Like even, even Mark Brazel that we had on talking about Wyndham, he has the last regular season event. He was loving the new changes. When, he, when we had him on a few months ago, he was saying he was loving the new changes when the PGA Tour said only 70 guys are going to make a PGA Tour card versus 125. So he's like, okay, well, now I got 55 more guys that are trying to secure their card for next year. They're going to be playing in that event versus before. They were like, oh, I'm going to take this week off because I got the playoffs next week. Now, do you think that the designated the, the, events are not going to have the lower tier players playing in them. Like it, it, for example, 
when you get some of these off-field events, we see guys that we haven't seen play in a couple of years all of a sudden get into these events and they come out there and play. You know, all of a sudden now we're going to have more 150 to 200 players playing week in and week out, which I, I will say is okay. And that's a good thing. You want you want you want more opportunities for the lesser guys. You just said. All right, don't get mad at me for cutting you off if you keep doing this shit. God damn it! At the end of the day. All I'm saying is that when you look at the viewership and the quality of the event and the uh, the attraction to the event, when you have more events that keep a lot of the top players out of it, and not by uh, restrictions, but by choice because they don't have to go and play in these events, we're going to have a lot more Garrett Willis's and and guys that you know Garrett's not out there anymore, but the the lower tier players playing in these events because all of a sudden now well, you're going to you have said you wanted. fifty through no hold on. I'm talking about the benefit of the event, the revenue, what they do for the community, what each tournament does when you talk about bringing people and attracting them to the game. All of a sudden now, we, we're going to have way more events with the guys from 150 to 200 that are now playing without the top players. So now we have a bunch of events that are going to exist without the top players. Now, I do like the fact that it does provide a little bit more opportunity from these guys, but that's not my argument. My that, argument that was that, your argument, though. Five no, minutes ago, no, you said my argument these guys don't have any opportunity better. to play. Is now you're saying they do, better? and that's a bad thing. No, it, but you're not getting it. I'm talking about the quality of each event week in and week out. That's where you're missing the boat. You're missing no, it entirely. You always say this. Every time we get into an argument, I'm always not getting what you're saying. I'm getting what you're saying. I just think you're wrong, McLean. That's what you don't get is if okay. I think you're wrong, doesn't mean I don't get what you're saying. That's You just don't like that. I don't. So agree are with you, you excited to go watch? If you know the top 50 players in the world, they're not coming, and now we get um, – you know, the, the tournament, the top players in the tournament are guys down in 50 and below. And then you have a bunch of guys. We don't know that that's going to happen. And I don't think that's going to happen. How do you not know that's going to happen? How do you know it's it's going to happen? Because I'm not an idiot. These guys play in the events. They, they have selective events on purpose. They go where the top money is. They go where it's the best events are. And now all of a sudden they have I get the that, but they've, they've, dro- they've dropped the number of, of, of limited field of or the um, elevated events by one or two. So there's less than there's going to be this year. These guys are going to play more than you think. They're not going to play 16 times a year. They're going to play 20, 22 like they normally do. Why? When they have the opportunity to make so much more money in the 15 events that they do play. Because they're going to want to keep their game sharp because they're also going to have a much bigger layoff in the offseason now. You think these guys don't keep their game sharp down here in Jupiter playing against the best players in the world week in and week it, out? It's not, it's not the same. It's not the same as, as well, tournament reps, and you Tiger, know that. And you why know didn't that. fucking Tiger play more? Why didn't Tiger play in more events than He's still played in like 22 events a year. He did? Yeah. Hmm. He didn't, not a fucking chance. He didn't play 22 right. games a year. We're, we're arguing about something that we neither of us know what the answer is because we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> In all honesty. You are correct about that. We, we do not know for certain what's going to happen. But the obvious fact is that guys are now playing less golf than they did previously. And if you go back and look at over the past 20, 30 years, the top players. We don't know if they're playing less, less golf yet. They're already fucking doing it. Look at look at what the top players did 20, 30 years ago versus what they're they, doing now. They, they're playing they less play, events. They, they do play oh, less. If you want to compare 20 or 30 years ago, I'm comparing about this generation. They're playing the same amount they always do. I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about I'm what Jack natural did. progression not, because what in, what's ended up happening is that the fucking purses have gotten so much higher. Guys have such an opportunity to make so much more money than playing less golf. And that's the reason that you saw a lot of guys go to live. What Dustin Johnson say? I didn't do this to play less golf. I'm making more money to work less. Anyone in the world takes that opportunity. Anyone in the world does. If the foundry came to you and said, Mike, we want to give you a hundred. We don't need to go. We don't need to rehash this. Yes, I get that. I get that. That's 
So at the end of the day, then look at the natural attrition. Look at what's going to happen. It, it just, it's right there in front of us. The guys play less golf now than they ever did on the PGA Tour. The top players play less golf now than they ever did on the PGA Tour. 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, they're playing less golf now than they ever did because they don't have to because they make so much more okay. money. Now That's fine. They don't I, still think, I still think those, those fields will not be hurt as much because most of them are going to be just as bad. If not, they'll be a little bit better. We already complained about a bunch of fields suck anyways. I think those events are now more We just got more of those. I think no, we didn't get more of those. You have the same number. The same number. I know your math's a little fuzzy sometimes, but I would I would love just from a from a those uh, events are wait, I was gonna get ready to point. Those events are now more interesting because you have these three week windows of these non-designated events that guys can play their ass off and play better. Yep, it's a meritocracy on the PJ tour. We have to play well. To get paid more and make it into these events, you now have a three-week stretch where these guys can play well to get in. You're talking twenty-something more guys are getting in these fields every week. They have to fill those from somewhere. How many events are are, are those? How many events are you talking about? Because I, I don't care about these these lower tier events at all. Like I, I I have a hard hard time watching the the top tier events with the best players and and if I'm not watching the lower tier events at all. Well then so you it's, don't have it's to not watch captivating at all for me. That's the and problem. It's, it's, there's no drama. So I, personally I would rather see 25 to 30 events a year and the best players have to play. It, it's, well, that's it's never like, going to happen. At, not now. Uh, and not now, not with the way that the setup is, but look at like look, look at any other sport like like basketball, like Michael Jordan played he may take two games off in eighty in an eighty-two game season. And like when you when you bought bought your tickets to go watch the Chicago Bulls play, you knew Michael Jordan was going to be there. And if he didn't, it was because he was injured, not because he was taking a rest day. Um, and and now you can go to a PJ Tour event and like, oh no, I'm not gonna see, I'm not even gonna see any of the best top 10 players in the world because this is a this is the John Deere classic. It's a non-designated hey, but, but, event. McCain, now we have more. You just said you don't. You don't. You don't care about those non-designated events. So then, why were you fighting for them a minute ago? No, the only thing I see. One, I'm a half full guy, so I like the fact that it provides opportunity for some of the lower tier guys to get into a couple more events and have an opportunity to absolutely advance their game, 100. But that's an argument from the player side, not from the viewership side. From the viewership side, and from uh, the impact that a tournament makes in its community with the amount of following that it has, we have now all of a sudden elevated 15 events and we have the remainder of the schedule that is no longer going to have the draw that it once had. But you're never going to get all the guys there for 25. You're not. It's just not going to no happen. Shit. Now you're going to get none of them. But So what? what's your solution then? What? What would you like I- to see? I'd like the, to the same the water, guy. the same water down, oversaturated thing we've always seen. No, you you reduce the number of overall events on tour. You need to There's less opportunities for your guys that you're talking about. There's that's that, that's, less that, that, that's, that's less communities. That's less communities benefited. It. It. That, that's nope. only from no, the it's not. I'm using your I'm words. About, I'm talking about from the what is best for the event. How do we elevate more events out there? Let's get the top 144 playing in 25 events and players have to play in at least 20 events on tour a year. You're not going to get them to do that. 
That's you just, less you, just half you just told me they want to play less golf. You just told me they play less golf. Give than they them used a restriction to. and make so, them play more golf. If you're going to if you're going to elevate your events and you're going to elevate the overall tour, force these guys to play in more events. One hundred percent. Force them to play more. It, that's not Give how it is anymore. The players, events. the players run their show. You're right. They, they you're exactly right. They want to play less golf for more money. Right. Yeah. So you just told me. No shit. So now then, we have a bunch of events that these guys. Don't so then your solution is to do something that no one would ever do. What do you What do you mean? I, if If all of a sudden they took the PGA Tour schedule and brought it down to and made it a true season. Not the mm-hmm. year-round golf that we've seen. I know they just eliminated the fall, but let's make it a true season. Let's make it 25 weeks a year, 30 weeks a year, whatever you want to call it. I think even think 30 is too, too many. But let's make it 25 events a year, and every player has to play a minimum of 20 events. And if you're in the top 144, you're getting in. There's a bunch more conditional statuses that are going to get into those five events where the top players aren't playing in. But ultimately, let's make it, let's make less cards out there, but not necessarily 70. Let's make it to a point where we have uh, if you qualify for the tour, you're getting in to virtually every single event unless you choose not to be there. But you're in. If you're 144, you put 144 in every golf tournament, and the top 144 get into every single event. And I, I like that. I like that. I, I think it, it's like. Sorry, I'm not trying to cut you out, McLean. No, I, I agree. I like. I don't think it's. It's like saying. Okay, NFL, like, hey, you're the top eight teams. You guys can go play in in this little, you know, side side tournament where the winner gets, you know, uh, you know, fifty million. Like, like, like people want to watch the best compete against the best, and I think bigger fields with more of the top players playing like the limited field thing. And that's my one qualm with, with the live tours. Like I don't really love the, the 48 man field, like, because you're not getting the best players. And I, we've all said that. I think we all agree yeah, with but that. If you had the top and I don't think, I, I think the same thing with the PGA tour, the WGC offends in the past have been a flop. Nobody watches them. The, the ratings are, are down. Um, and, and and no one cares because it, there's no pressure until Sunday, until Sunday when, you know, hey, this is for X amount of dollars. Like, OK, that's fine. But there's no there's no pressure in making the cut. Like you watch the players championship because you watch Rory McIlroy miss the cut. You watch John Rom withdraw because he's got an injury. You're like, oh, shit, what happened? You know, I got to I got to check it out. That That adds to the drama. It adds to the you know, the, the toughness of, of the tournament. Like, it's like, Hey, this is a full field. This, this is the best field. And if you can't make the cut then Hey, this is tough, but it's like, it's on, what are your thoughts on 25 events, 144 players, no cuts. And just let you can't, I mean, you, I think a hundred. You, you can just you just got to pay those guys a certain dollar amount it, to come out and play. So I I mean, and you're also, but when you talk about 144, I'm talking about the actual logistics of it. You're talking about split waves, two T's, yeah, three sums. You can't you can't that's do that. And, and hell, hell how many how many events have we seen on Thursday, Friday this year where they haven't been able to finish? These guys can't. They, their pace of play sucks. They cannot have 144 guys and finish the round on Thursday, Friday in these maybe, events. Maybe it's a maybe it's a little bit smaller number than that. But at the end of the day, all I'm saying is that let's reduce the overall season, which we we're all a fan of. Let's reduce the number of events, but let's not reduce the number of players. Let's let everyone get it. I, I think if you have if it's 120 or it's you know 107, whatever it is, everyone gets into every single event. Everyone has yeah. an equal opportunity share to go out there and win a golf tournament. 
And at the end of the day, let it shake out from there. Okay, lowering the number of lowering the number of players is a is a is a bad, bad idea. Bad idea. Hundred percent bad idea. And less now of, we have a third tour. And now we and now we create exactly right. Now, if you do, if the PGA Tour decides to do that, which it sounds like they already have, if you decide to lower like 10, 10 events of the of the of the year to a lower field event, 70, 72 guys, now you're going to create somebody is going to create another tour to fill those spots because there's got so many top top tier professional golfers that are sitting around, you know, with their hands behind their back waiting to play in something. So. You know, you're just you're creating more, um, you, you know, you know, you more, you know, dispersion in, in terms of the uh, professional golf world. If you do this, I think it's a bad idea. Uh, that was that was the that was the one thing in the past two weeks that I was so, so upset about. I was like, oh, we're going to do this limited field of it. Well, why are you doing that? You know, and I in the live tour obviously had their comments. You know, they they said, you know, flattery is the you know, or whatever, whatever the, the term is, you know, they're obviously copying what they, what they've done. And I'm like, why do you need to do that? Why you, 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 you've already proven yourself uh, to be the, the, the top tier tour. And you've already, you've already upped your, your, your purses. You've already kept a majority of the players. Why do you need to drop back and, and limit your fields? You don't need to do that at all, at all. I, I just think it's, I just think it's a bad idea. I think it's a bad idea in terms of the health of, of golf. You've already well, had, like, like I said last week, they're doing it for, because the top players want it. The TV networks want it and the sponsors want it, but the, but the fans don't want it. They think they, I, the, I don't, the networks think they want it right or wrong. But the but. fans don't want it. I don't want, if, if there's a 70 man field, I, I, I barely turn on the TV right now. If there's a 70 man field, I'm not watching. I don't care. It's bullshit because there's no cut. These guys just guaranteed money. It's bullshit. That's why I don't watch the live tour. I mean, we we know that. We've talked about it. I mean, again, I, I'm not going to watch it. Like if, if, you about, drop, if you if you have ten events that's guaranteed money, and these guys like, I don't give a shit. Like, you, there's no pressure. There's no pressure. I'm not watching it. I'm going to start watching fucking soccer, which will be a that's something to be said for me because I don't like watching soccer, but I will. Um, again, if like the I said, Thor drops it down like that. Like I said last week, I do not think this is a perfect plan. I want bigger fields. I want to cut. Um, but this I'm is okay. not a perfect I'm plan. Okay. It's a terrible plan, is what uh, it is. But I'm I am okay with the majority of this plan. Um, I think it's a better product than we have currently. And uh, there's there's some of it is because their hands are tied. Flat out. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, we, we can disagree on that because I, I think this is a step. I think they, I think they solidify the PJ Tour solidify themselves with the way that the the Live Tour has handled their situation. I think they've totally separated themselves in the last year, in my opinion. I, I I'll, be, I'll be the first to say I love I love competition. I think it's great. I think I think what the Live Tour did to to procure the PJ Tour and to Adding money to the purses, I think it's a great thing. I think it was great for everybody on the PGA Tour. And it's, hey, it's great for the guys on the Live Tour. But now if you drop back, you're taking a step backwards when you do this. Now you're, now you're, now you're, you're, you're basically uh, saying, hey, the Live Tour, your product is actually pretty good. Let's, let's copy what you're doing. No, which they're is, not saying that at all. 
So well, let me. That's the way. It, that's the way. It, from the viewership, that's the way. It, that's the way it looks. That's the way it looks because, that's like, not, hey, saying that why do I want to watch? Do I want to watch the PJ Tour with seventy players, or do I want to live tour with forty-eight players? Like, it's the same shit. It's the same thing. Rory it's a, played it's a in, terrible, terrible idea. Rory played in, and I'm using Rory because he's universally loved between you two guys. He played in 16 events during the 2021-22 season. Why is he going to play any more events than that? Okay, so but here's the thing, though. That's what he's already playing. So it's not like you're you're dropping his number down. So we're not increasing low. his opportunities. We're not increasing the viewership's opportunity to go out there and watch one of the best players in the world. We're actually making it less. We're actually giving him the opportunity to play. Hey, he's like, now only got to play 15 and there's no cut. I'm good. This is easy for me. I think you're looking at it the wrong way, but I just don't, I don't know what, what they do. If the players are saying that the sponsors are saying that, and the TV saying that they want this, what do they do? What do they do? We already came up with that. You, you no, but they, a, that's the thing. They wouldn't buy into that. If the sponsors and TV so and players are buying into this, then what are they supposed to do? They're going to buy into the fact that Rory now has to play four more events a year. He, he has to play a minimum. Okay, but now the players events. aren't buying in. Now you lose the players. Where are they going to go to live? Rory's going to all of a sudden could. say, I have to yeah. play more, four more events. Now I'm going to live? They could. I don't fucking think so. That tour's going to fold anyway, so it's not a big deal. It, it probably will fold. You're right, but... All right. I think you guys think this is easier than it is, but to just get all those people on the same page. Again, I don't think it's a perfect plan. I don't. I don't I, think all the people are on the same page right now. Yeah. And the I don't, TV, I don't, if you look at the TV deals, it's you certainly know, not a perfect money, plan. It's not a great a sudden, plan at all. Well, and all of a sudden you put the top players in four to five more events per year. That betters the TV deals. That better the ratings. That betters the But viewership. if the players say, I'm not playing in four or five more events, what do you do? They're not going to because they don't have They're another out. option. They're out. Yeah, then they go to live. They're not going to. And, and they can go there and die. Because he's forced well, to play the P- I don't games. think I don't think that's a risk the PJ Tour wants to take. Well, the, 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 I, I agree with I agree with what you're we thinking. We need to get but back to where the, the ruling bodies. The end result is, their, or the, uh, the, the if they the keep going that way, you could end up with nothing. You could end up with nothing if if you if you let it go that far and everyone goes to the, the it's just it's just accentuating the fact that the guys may want to go to the live tour and like hey you're just you're just giving them an opportunity to go to another tour and and lose all the viewership because why if no, I've got I'm, I'm talking to yeah, watch if- the PGA tour for with a 70 man field no cut no pressure then like what's the difference between me watching the live tour with 48 man field with teams something that's a little different and more money and as they build their viewership up with and and build some history then it's like okay now they start looking the same you know i'm not saying that's going to happen in a year but in two, three, four years, if if they keep going with that trend, it's like, well, these are this. This is the same product. Like, what, what is it's what is holding the same product? The PGA Tour, yeah, it is. No, if it's really not. Limited, no cut field. That's the same thing. Well, and it's at the, the same, same time, thing. does does Rory want what's best for the PGA Tour? Because what's best for the PGA Tour is him playing more than what he's playing currently. So, no, I think what's, I think what's, what's best, best for the PGA, for the PGA Tour, Tour is to get them to. To play with each other more often, the top guys, not to just play more. If you spread them out, that's when you get the oversaturated blah that we've had. 
That's why you have 25 events with a minimum of 20. But they're not going to do the 25 events. Why not? Don't they want what's best for the PGA Tour? That's why they're not going to live yet. All right. All right. Rory, we've gone around in circles to too many times. We're going to give you 32 we've also weeks the same off. Things over and over. We need you to play 20 weeks a year, 32 weeks off. We we need you to play literally half, less than half of a year. I understand what you're saying, you. but they're not going to the do that. The sport. I think they will if they truly care about bettering the sport, bettering the game, bettering the tour. Well, maybe, maybe the players don't, but they're not going to do that. How do you know? Because they would have done it. Not true. They don't have the restrictions now in place. So they have the opportunity. They have more. Yeah, but choice. the top players of the if world came up sudden, with this plan. Essentially, of course, the top players came up with a plan that benefits them. Get the fuck out of here. So would I. Okay, if but if you you told you told the NFL that the top players out there are Major League Baseball, you you only have to play in half the games. You're going to see guys playing half the fucking games. I understand that. All right, let's move on. We've also the same points six times, so. I think we've All beat right, a dead what, horse like we typically what else, do. What else do we got on the docket? Nothing. We're going straight to picks and previews because I am not <laughs> talking about the next topic one bit right now. What, Zero. what was next on the What was next on I'm the I'm not docket? even going to bring it up to give you guys an opportunity to have diarrhea of the mouth and go on and on about whoa, it. Whoa, 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 I'd rather whoa, talk about not... Law & Order SVU again than this next topic. So, oh, great show. Right. It really is a great show. We're, <laughs> we're going to our picks and preview. Get your DraftKings out. Valspar this week. McLean wins again at the players. Beat us once more. It's really getting fucking annoying. What the fuck do I know, right? All right, let me get back here. All right, so I have kind of an interesting interesting grouping. Um, It just kind of shook out this way, but ultimately I'm going to go top down. And my number one pick coming off of a good finish this past week and someone who's a little bit informed currently, uh, Mr. Justin Rose at 9,600. Moving down from there, I have Brian Harmon, the Bulldog, at 9,100. And then Justin Suh at 8,900. And then Mr. Ben on 7,900. Tar Heel, Ryan Girard. 7,300. He's pissed his team didn't get in this week, and he's going to get out there and uh, get it done. And then my low man, who's, uh, again, I think someone who's been playing pretty well, Mr. Grayson Sig at $7,000. So I did. I, I left a little bit of money on the table. I didn't take any of the top guys, um, but ultimately I feel like I've got a good squad, and I'm, I'm looking to try and uh, get all of them to the weekend. I like the saw pick. I think he's gonna he's getting ready to just massively break out and be a rock star on this tour. He's a late bloomer. He came from that same uh college graduating class of of Morikawa, Hovland, Matt Wolf. The other three won pretty fast and and he kind of spent a couple of years on the Corn Ferry tour. And I think he's getting ready to be a massive breakout player. Uh, a lot of people will know here soon. So I, I do I do like that pick. Yeah, he finished sixth this week at the players. Yeah. Twenty-fourth at the uh, AP and Fifth at the Honda, so he's in good form. Yep, very good form. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a tough field. I was all over the place with my picks. It's a tough golf course too. Man, all these Florida golf courses are tough. Between PJ National, Bay Hill, TPC Sawgrass, here it's kind of a murderer's row. Um, you know, there's some tough ones on the West Coast, but there's a couple easy ones. American Express is a birdie fest, and so 
Uh, a little all over the place here. I'm going to go in alphabetical order, straight down my uh, as my screen is showing me here. A lot of new guys that I haven't picked before. I just need to change things up. I need just. I'm in a. I'm in a rut with my picks. Jay and I's pool that I'm in, doing awful in it. I just got to change my thinking, change who I'm. I'm taking. Um, new formula. We're working on a new model here. So I did take this guy last week, and he didn't let me down. Past winner here, 9200 Adam Hadwin. Good pick. Just a steady, steady player. Knows the course, obviously, being a past winner and likes it there, playing well. Uh, good event this past weekend at the player. So I'm going to go 9,200 Adam Hadwin. Then I'm going 7,800 Victor Perez coming over from the DP World Tour. I've been playing really well over there. Um, big hitter, the Llama. See if he can um, mash it uh, up these fairways that have shorter clubs in because um, I think I read this is one of the courses that has the least fairways hit. So a lot of guys are going to miss fairways here. And so I'm hoping he hits it a long way. So I'm just going to have some wedges out of the rough. Then uh, just like you, McLean, 9,600, Justin Rose. It's just like you can almost just lock him in for a top 20 when he's playing these days. He's feeling confident. You can tell it. Um, So I expect a big, big weekend uh, from Jay Rose. Then I'm going to go 7,700, Jonathan Vegas. I uh, just think he has a kind of a good fit. He did just miss the cut at the players, but I don't know. A lot of people miss the cut at Sawgrass, like we've talked about. So I'm not going to overreact uh, there. Then my next two, I'm going with the Wu Tang Clan this week. 8,500 Brandon Wu, 6,800 Dylan Wu. Give me both Wu's. Let's go. Wu Tang Clan. The Wu Tang Clan. Spectre Deck, Red Kwan, the chef. Ghostface. <laughs> There you go. I'm not going to say anything about him. That's all you need to know. Dylan Wu is a sleeper. He's going to finish top 10 this week. Uh, and Brandon Wu has been playing solid. Just had a good um, good showing. Top 20 at the uh, at the players. Top 20 or top 15 at the Honda. Playing well in Florida. So I like uh, Brandon Wu. But Dylan Wu, perfect course fit. Look out for him this week. You've done your research. Yeah, sometimes it's a bad thing because then I had like 20 guys I wanted to pick. So you need to put a bunch of lineups in. So what you need to do. <laughs> so it sounds like a lot of money. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to zip through mine. I, I, I've got no real rhyme or reason other than a couple articles that I've read. Um, I'm going to start at the bottom 7,200 bucks. Kramer Hickok. Um, he, he's been playing some pretty solid golf for the most part in the last three events. Who knows if this will equate to anything, but at 7,200 bucks, um, he fit the, fit the mold. Uh, Garrick Higo. I'm looking back at why I picked this and it doesn't make any sense. So I don't really know why, but here we are. Garrick Higo, 7,600 bucks. He did make an ace. He did make an ace this past week. Um, Joel Damon, 7,500 bucks. He finished 60th and then missed the last two cuts. So, again, none of that makes sense. Um, but I think the points um, and the price made sense. So, that's probably a bad choice. And I'm going to jump up to Jonathan Vegas, 7,700 bucks. He has actually played well here and he's played well prior to the players. Um, so yeah, I mean, this sounds like a terrible lineup in all honesty, 
Um, and then I jump up to Keegan Bradley, who is the, one of the most sporadic guys on tour. He finished 89th, 10th, 94th, 20th, 2nd, 119th. So um, that's not a great pick either. And then I'm going to go with my least favorite player on tour, Jordan Spieth, at 10,600. Wow. Um, so this, I'm going with a complete um, opposite approach here. I'm picking all the players that I hate and the players that I think are going to play poorly and, and the hope that they'll flip the switch there. So any, any listeners out there, don't pick any of these people because that's a, a death sentence. And there's a good chance that I'm going to change my picks before Thursday. So there you go. I will say, not that we're going to give somebody else a free plug on here, but uh, Golf Magazine, um, I forget the name of their podcast, Drop Zone, uh, did an interview with Keegan Bradley the other day. And I know Keegan's probably not a fan favorite with kind of his pre-shot routine and the aim point express, and he's a little slow and that kind of stuff. But it was a great interview. Um, I used to love Keegan. Then he kind of got on my nerves for a little bit, and now I'm back loving Keegan after the interview. So after you listen to this podcast, start to finish every idiotic second of it, you can then flip over to the uh, Keegan Bradley interview. And uh, he talks about some, you know, just being, he's just an anxious person and kind of the anxiety he has over every golf shot all the time and just some different things. And uh, anyways, it was, it was, it was interesting. Give it, give it a listen and you might respect Keegan uh, a little more than you, than you may have. So. Yeah, we want to get to know these players, people, right? Not just judge them off what we see. Get to know them. I know it'd be great to get to know them if they played more events. Uh. Okay. So with that note, we're going to sign off for the evening. I'm getting ready to go watch some SVU. (laughs) Have fun with the SVU. And we'll be back next week to discuss Valspar. And I think maybe an announcement from the USGA in the RNA coming tomorrow. So terrible. That sounds like a terrible idea. Terrible. Guys, that was a pleasure. Was it? Sort of. Um, Cheers.